Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, and NASDAQ, all trading lower right now. From mid-fragile sentiment as traders weigh the probability of the U.K. voting to remain in the European Union a day before the referendum. And we are brought to you by ETF Exchange 16, BNY Mellon's annual ETF symposium, September 19th to the 21st in Dana uh, Dana Point, California. This essential conference is complimentary for RIAs, but space is limited. Register now at bnymellon.com slash ETF. S&P 500 index down a point at 2,088, a drop of less than 0.1%. NASDAQ down 5, a decline of 0.1%. Dow Industrials down 32, a drop of two-tenths of 1%. Gold down 4.10 the ounce. It is at 12.68, a drop of three-tenths of 1%. And crude down 71 cents a barrel, 49.14 right now, a drop there of 1.4%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Facebook. All right, here's the question for our next guest. Jitendra Warrell is Global Internet and Consumers Electronics Analyst for Bloomberg. He is, uh, well... I could say they're probably the best in the business. Uh, Bloomberg Intelligence, he joins us from our Bloomberg 960 studio uh, in San Francisco. All right, uh, Jitendra, before we get to celebrities and media execs, i got to just do this question because I don't get it often. What is 6,600 kilometers long and lives under the ocean? Uh, the fiber. Yes, the new fiber that Facebook and Microsoft announced that they are going to build in that it's going to connect northern Virginia. It's going to go to Bill Ballant in Spain, and it's going to just uh, give this incredible capacity to southern Europe. Tell us about that, and then I want you to segue because, of course, all the people in southern Europe are going to be wanting to look at videos that are going to be you know, sponsored. I mean, both both of the teams are actually uh, the same overarching issue, which is bandwidth, right? I mean, we want more bandwidth so that all the high-resolution video that's hogging traffic right now gets uh, higher-speed gateways and, and can enable growth that, you know, these companies are chasing. So, you know, that's what basically spurring uh, these movements. So... You know, I must confess that I don't spend a lot of time watching lots and lots of uh, videos online. So it's just so interesting to see that the figures of how many people are doing this now and the uh, potential revenue you can get from it. Pretty big for Facebook, who is still pretty much a neophyte in this field compared to a lot of the others. Yeah, so if you look at um, digital video advertising versus, you know, TV, uh, it's about 12% uh, of TV. So it's still a small portion, but it's growing very rapidly. And all the big companies, uh, you know, you have Facebook, Google, you have Twitter, Snapchat, uh, everybody's sort of pursuing video very, very aggressively so that they can, you know, steal more budgets or divert more budgets from TV to video. But that's not happening as rapidly as we uh, have thought. Uh, it would. So, and one of the big reasons is measurement. So, it's difficult to sort of measure uh, what the ratings are like across, you know, different video types and and what the audiences are like, and henceforth. So, they're trying to fix those issues, and also getting premium inventory at scale is another one. So, as and when they are able to crack this code, the opportunity is big for all these players. Well, Jatendra, tell us about the players 
in the live streaming video business and how they connect with Facebook? So live video streaming is still nascent uh, right now. I mean, it was interesting. I was looking at a survey done by Huntington Post, and it's like uh, 70%, 77% of respondents were saying that they would not use the platform for live video. Uh, what's interesting is that um, you have every big company, you have Facebook with live streaming, you have Amazon with Twitch, you have YouTube Live, you have Twitter with Periscope, and Snapchat has its own sort of take on the live stories. Uh, everybody's pursuing this. Um, uh, and right now, the, the leaders is in terms of usage is really Facebook and YouTube. All right, Jitendra Warhol, thank you so very much for joining us. Jitendra Warhol is Global Internet and Consumer Electronics Analyst talking to us about Facebook. There's where he's an expert, signing deals with celebrities and media companies for the new Facebook Live. Another big story today from housing was existing home sales, the highest level since 2007. What's driving it, and can it continue? Joining us from Riverside, California, is Logan Motoshami. He's a senior loan officer at AMC Lending Group. He also is a well-known blogger and tweeter. Logan, welcome back. Good to be here. So, uh, existing home sales weigh in. How did they look to you when you tear them apart? Well, the- we're seeing the slow and steady growth in housing, as we've seen since the lows of 2014. Uh, internally, the housing market looks a little bit better for existing homes because mortgage buyers are growing and cash buyers are falling, and that's what you want to see in a growing sales market. But again, when you look at it in perspective-wise, uh, cash buyers are still 15% above historical norms, and mortgage demand is roughly back to where it was in 1998 when interest rates were 4% higher. Tell us about the actual prices of homes. Yes. Well, prices are going up, and prices will continue to go up as long as inventory stays below six months. But, again, the housing inflation story is not being properly discussed because uh, since 1996, when prices really started to take off, we've never had six months inventory annual months in America outside of a housing bust or a recession. So this inflation story is real, but when you adjust it to inflation, home prices are still about 20% below where they were during the housing bubble years. Adjusted for inflation, housing prices are still 20% below where they were uh, at the height of the bubble, you're saying, before it burst. So what do you – but pricing and affordability, so it's still an issue. Even even, So how does that work? Is it because rates are low? Well, rates are low, but again – the bigger the home, the bigger the debt, the bigger the payment. So even though the nominal interest rates are low, I mean, we look at it in perspective-wise, we've had the worst mortgage demand curve ever recorded in U.S. history once you adjust it to population, but interest rates have also been below 5% since 2011. So the housing affordability issue is much more uh, it's much more of an issue than when people or economists talk about because they use a metric that assumes that every single American has 20% down, a starting debt-to-income ratio of 25%, and basically no revolving credit card debt. And this is why mortgage demand is roughly where it was back in 1998. Part of this is demographics. We're very young. We're very old. Something nobody talks about ever is that prime-age labor force growth peaked in 2007 and we're slowly growing again. This is one of the reasons why uh, the demand from first-time home buyers is very anemic. It's still 10% below historical norms. So, Logan, taking all of this together, how would you characterize if someone asks you, from your perspective, 
the performance of the U.S. economy, and you know you can fill it in with uh, federal, you know, Fed, Federal Reserve policy, and uh, all the things you want. But what, what do you come away with? Well, once you adjust things to demographics, a lot of this economic cycle starts to make sense. But if you're not versed in demographic economics, and when I talk about demographic economics, is we need young people to come into the marketplace and spend. Japan, Germany, all these countries are very old. Old people don't spend money. They're net savers. So when you get, when you get 55 and over, you, you, you're not buying homes. You're not buying refrigerators. Young people push you know, economic cycles. We are very big ages 17 to 29 in this cycle. That's not going to be anything good for, for a mature economy that has a lot of its infrastructure already built out. So the, the economic cycle is doing exactly what I thought about. I, I've been a 2% Uh, 1% 10-year, 2% 10-year guy for many years now because the demographics in this cycle were very old, were very young, were lacking in the middle. The middle Mm -hmm. got impacted during the housing bubble years. So the consumption models are actually looking on trend, at least from my perspective. But uh, a lot of people had, to me, way too high of expectations in this economic cycle in housing and in the economy in general. So, Logan, uh, in your role as senior loan officer at AMC Lending Group in Riverside, you know, you've been doing this for several years now. Who's coming through the door? Who's buying? Can they get credit? Uh, are they priced out of the market? Are they saying, hey, uh, there's some good deals out there? What's, what's, what are you getting from the, from the battlefield, from the ground well, up? Well, here, here, here in Southern California and Orange County, it's really the cream of the crop. You know, people here make money. So the people that are coming to buy, uh, uh, have good incomes, have enough down payment. Again, I'm, I'm somebody that believes tight lending is not an issue. It is a fabricated myth. We've had low down payment, low FICO loans this entire cycle since 2008. Poor cash flow Americans don't buy homes. Okay, so it's, it's, the, it's the reverse of what Mark Sandy and Lori Goodman try to tell everyone. The banks are lending to capacity, not lending to people who can't afford a home anymore. So uh, it's it's not a surprise that mortgage demand is is this low because again, uh, dual income housing is a must in this cycle with the price inflation we have. That's a, that's a story that'll happen in years 2020 to 2024. So the people who are coming here to buy in Orange County, they can buy. They're they're good. I don't I don't see too many struggling cash flow Americans try to buy. These people are struggling with their rent inflation. The last thing they're thinking about is actually to buy a home, especially where prices are uh, at this level. When you talk about prices at that level, just quickly, 10 seconds, what kind of level are you talking about? Well, uh, I, I could tell you here, my condo in Irvine is yeah. going for 625000 My parents uh, have been trying to sell their $2 million home, and they finally got an offer at $1.775 million. So it's expensive here in Southern California. It's, it's no country for uh, first-time home buyers in this area. Thank you very much. Uh, Logan Motashami, he is a senior loan officer, AMC Lending Group in Irvine, California. You're listening to Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio.